The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Dr. Drayvon James and this is the Everyday Peace Show. I am super excited to be here with you today as we explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Can you even imagine living a life of peace? You, in this moment, right now, no matter what's going on, no matter what your eyes are looking at externally, no matter what your ears are hearing, no matter what you think you're feeling in your heart, being at peace, knowing whatever it is, you are whole. You are complete. There is nothing missing. You are the totality of what is needed in this moment. Yes, you are. So I'm here to tell you that right now, yes, it is possible to live in this moment at peace. Yes, you deserve everyday peace. And yes, you can have everyday peace. We work together on this show to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. Every week we gather here to continue on our journey, our everyday peace journey. You know, I affectionately refer to all of my listeners and my clients and myself included as everyday peacemakers. Everyday peacemakers, everything that we have experienced in our lives, the good, the bad, the in-between, is an opportunity to gain experience, strength, and wisdom. Learning from our entire tapestry of our lives allows us to bring our full selves to every endeavor. We on Everyday Peace focus on our period of success, maximizing our health, our wealth, and our relationships. Our anthem for 2021 is, what are we waiting for? And the answer is, we are not waiting for anything or anyone to to begin our own everyday peace journey. We have everything we need right here and right now. And I have to tell you that I am so happy about accomplishments of last week. You know, last week I hosted a two-hour online workshop on the infinityfoundation.org platform, and we were discussing the basic principles of everyday peace and how to incorporate them into your life so that you can get to your next level 
of greatness, whether you're looking for that in your health, your wealth, or your relationships in our pyramid there. And we had a wonderful time. It was energized and it was really a unique opportunity for me to interact virtually with a lot of new people, some of our listeners on this show. It was nice to be able to present a holistic overview of the philosophy of everyday peace. And I just want to thank those listeners who attended the workshop last week and brought such great energy to the event. And for those of you who could not attend last week and are interested in attending future workshops or working with me in a uh, coaching session, feel free to email me at DrayvonJames at gmail.com and I will notify you the next time we have an upcoming event. Another great milestone for Everyday Peace is we relaunched our new website. So it's drdrayvonjames.com, same, um, same address, but quite a different look, really completely revamped the website. And I love the new look and the new feel. So I'd love to hear feedback from you all. Of course, you'll find all the prior shows there, words of wisdom, encouragement, ways to reach out and contact me. If you're interested in speaking with me on a subject or just want to reach out, ways to access a free course. And I got to tell you that, you know, uh, we have been doing and giving away to our listeners, the Clarity Passion course, getting clear on your passion. We have another free course coming up in the near future. So you want to stay tuned for that. We'll be announcing that in a, probably next week on our next show. So we're working on that now. Again, our website is drdravonjames.com. So you can now access and request your free course, passion course on the website, or you can also for those of you who do not like change, we're talking about change today. But if you are, just can't do that, you can always as always reach out to me at uh, DrayvonJames at gmail.com and, and put the word free in the subject line and we'll make sure we give you access to that. So finally, we had such a great show last week. We had the opportunity to hear from Abantika Dixit, the founder and CEO of Woke Hero, and she shared her insight on the unique challenges facing millennials in today's rapidly changing society. We also spoke to Gabrielle Ortega, who is a holistic life coach, and she told us of her fantastic journey from a new mother searching for a healthier lifestyle to a competitive bodybuilder, and she won the beautiful swimsuit contest. It was just amazing, and now she's this holistic health coach. Such an amazing story. So if you missed last week's show, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to these two amazing women. You can listen to past shows by subscribing to Dr. Drayvon James Everyday Peace Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Or you can listen to them on the UnityOnlineRadio.org website. And that brings us to our everyday peace moment. I got to tell you that um, last week was a phenomenal week. It was full of a lot of um, new experiences and a lot of new people. As I um, told you, I, I taught that two-hour course. And an interesting question came up from, from that course. We focused a little bit on forgiveness, which uh, a lot of people struggle with that. And I want to say at the very beginning of this everyday peace moment is that I understand I understand the place that we can get to where we feel so personally offended or attacked or harmed by people that we thought were definitely in our corner. But I want to quote uh, Lewis Smeads, who said, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that prisoner is you. I love that perspective because it really hones in on this truth 
that forgiveness is something you do as an act of love towards yourself. Will you please, please, I encourage you to get to this place where you cannot love on you enough. And forgiveness is one of the highest forms of self-love. Holding on to resentment is one of the least productive things we can do with our very precious and limited time, right? Resentment, um, just tears us apart inside, right? It is not productive. It is it has a lot of energy. There's a lot of energy in in anger. And I tell people that anger is a step up on the energetic spectrum, on the, in the stepping stone of, of, of uh, energy levels than sadness. It has a little bit more energy in it and a little more kick to it. But the transmutation part, our gift and our ability there is to transmute that destructive resentment, anger, energy into creative energy. And the way to do that is to make the decision that you are worth, you are worth the love that you expected to receive in whatever event that has caused you to cascade into unforgiveness. So you are worth that. So you you are willing to give up your right to anger and resentment in place of, in, in order to receive peace and creativity on how to go forth in your life and do all the fabulous things that you were designed to do. So at some level, I can understand, I absolutely can understand how we get to this place of resentment, right? Because we're all human, but we want to next level ourselves and our health, our wealth, and our relationships. And, re- and forgiveness is is key to that. So understanding how to forgive others and understanding how to forgive yourself, always starting with self. My mother used to say that unforgiveness is like um, drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I know we've heard that so many times and she would just say that over and over again. And which one of us would think that if we drank poison, someone else would die. Stop feeding ourselves unforgiveness. When we have a diet of unforgiveness, we are really taking in poison. So start by forgiving yourself for everything, absolutely everything. And then you can move on to forgiving others. That is our everyday peace moment. And with that, we're going to go to our first guest is Dr. Terilyn Sell. She is an expert on the brain and a licensed psychotherapist. Dr. Sell has focused specifically on the areas of stress and anxiety and has found there are lifestyle changes for better mental health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sell. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. We are excited to have you here. And you know, I think we, you're talking about stress and anxiety. Stress and anxiety, I think is, We can't get enough of this topic because different ways and modalities to help us to develop a better way to love on ourselves and and figure out these things. Because there's always going to be something to be stressed about, right? Don't you think? Well, there's stress everywhere and stress is not actually a bad thing all the time. I, I agree 100%, 100%. You're having, you're, you're planning a wedding. You're excited about a big move. It's stressful, but you still want that wedding. You still want that big move, right? <laughs> I mean, stress right. is motivating. It, it motivates us to go from point A to point B. Um, it's, it's when we become overwhelmed, you know, with stress that it becomes a problem or the prolonged stress that we experience, that's when it becomes problematic. Otherwise, stress is a good thing. Our our bodies kind of like it to a certain degree. 
Yeah, it's like that role, you know, it's like excitement to a certain degree. I can see that. But there is this there is this connection that we're talking about between nutrition and mental health. And that is fascinating to me because I I can't remember where I heard this quote. And you may know better than I do. And I'm going to mess it up, I'm sure. But, you know, using our food as medicine. Right. Oh, Hippocrates. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Our food is medicine. So I, I strongly do believe that it's not just about how good this tastes. It's about what the, what is doing for me. So what is the connection between nutrition and mental health specifically? Well, you know, it's it's interesting to me because we've been making connections between food and physical health. You need food to survive for years. But we haven't made the connection between food and emotional well-being up until recently. And so this is the message that I want to tell everybody. Your, your brain relies on the food that you put in it. Our neurotransmitters, which is like serotonin and dopamine and all those nice, happy, and rewarding chemicals, rely on nutrition. As the, as the baseline, I mean, we talk about, you know, physical activity and lifestyle. There's other things, too. But at its very base, it's food. So, yeah, and, you, and what I think about, you're right. Most people just equate, you know, diet with their physical health. They don't kick over until, oh, what is this doing to my neurotransmitters? How How are they acting in response to the food that I'm eating. What are, I think about, I don't know why when you're talking, chocolate just came to my mind. Right? <laughs> chocolate isn't always bad, by the way, right. <laughs> depending right. on the chocolate. <laughs> right. and they, they say that dark chocolate is supposed to yeah. be um, healthy for, right? I, I see it all, I used to read articles on how dark chocolate impacts our, um, you know, for the positive, I think about, you know, our menstrual cycles and there's this craving and someone told me in my early 20s, oh, just have a piece of dark chocolate and you'll feel better. And actually, I did feel a lot better. I wish I could have stopped at <laughs> one piece, though. <laughs> I think that's the problem right there. I, You know, there's a lot of foods that are actually savory and delicious and good for you or, or help you feel a little bit better. Um, you know, we don't often make the connection between if I eat this thing, then I feel this way. Um, most people, or a lot of people, are not in touch with their body sensations and even emotions and mood enough to make those connections, which is kind of my message. Like, food is so important to our mood, but you have to be aware of it. You have to be in touch. Like you were aware that after I ate that dark chocolate, I did feel a little bit better. Well, dark chocolate is chock full of lots of minerals, including magnesium, which is a calming anxiolytic, and also tryptophan, which helps with serotonin, which is the happy chemical, and then melatonin, which helps you sleep. So you know, there's a lot of different foods that do a lot of different things or are very helpful in our neurotransmission or brain chemistry um, pathways. Who knew? Yeah. Right, who, right, who knew? And the thing, another thing popped in my head as you were talking is that I think a lot of times we do miss the, the connection between how the food makes us feel because 
there's a lot of food on that plate, right? <laughs> right. When we sit down and we're eating a full meal and it's hard to segregate, like, okay, what caused me, you know, I think we all know after a big turkey meal, you know, you get tired, the tryptophan or whatever that makes you a little tired, but it's hard to tell because we've got so much on the plate and you don't know like what's causing this or what's causing that. I wonder if, if there's a way to, to figure out for the average person to figure out, okay, this is what, this is what caused this. Like, are there categories yeah. of food that cause different effects on the body? Well, okay. So some of the food, the, the easiest way I'll give, I'll share my story. So this is what happened to me. I uh, probably about five years ago or so now, um, I eliminated gluten because I was doing a little research and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to try this, see how hard it is and see if it helps make me feel better. So I eliminated gluten for three months. And then I went out to dinner and I was like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and eat some of the bread on the table. And I thought that I was going to have an immediate reaction, like my stomach would be upset or, you know, something like that. Well, I didn't. It was two days later that I was so fatigued that I could barely keep my eyes open all day. And I thought, there's no way this is this is from that. So I thought, well, I'm going to I'm going to eliminate it again for a few months and I'm going to try again. Same thing happened. So for me, the response to gluten happens 24 to 48 hours later. Okay. And the only way that I knew that was because I took it out. I took gluten out of my diet for, you know, more than 30 days. And then I put it back in and kind of waited and paid attention to my body for the response because it wasn't a typical response of like a stomach ache or, you know, digestive problems, right? So I actually respond to that with fatigue and mood, which is a very different response than a physical response that most people expect when they eat a food that doesn't work right with their body, right? Like a rash or a GI upset or, you know, things like that. If you think about energy levels and mood you might be surprised, but the, really the only way to know is if you take out a food that you might suspect has some impact on you, take it out for a while, and then put it back in and kind of wait for a response. That's really the only way you're going to know. Other, otherwise, if I had been eating gluten the whole time, I never would have known because, unfortunately, we don't know when we feel sick if we feel sick all the time. Right, right, exactly. Oh, that's so important yeah. to know. You don't know how good you can feel until you yeah. start eliminating some of these foods. So we're talking, and you kind of hit on this, about the gut-brain connection. You eat eat, eat the gluten, and then a couple of days later, you feel this, um, you know, fatigue, and just, you know, your mood is decreased. How does this gut-brain connection work? You know, it's interesting because it's not as difficult as people make it out to be, right? So in order to absorb your food, it starts with your in your mouth, and then the absorption happens all the way down into your intestines, you know, stomach to intestines. But a lot of the food that we eat actually has a negative impact on our digestive system. If you think about all the times you've taken a Tums or over-the-counter um you know, stomach acid pills or even prescription medication, it's huge. So most people, when you ask them, do you have any stomach problems? They'll say no. And then you find out later that they're popping Tums like crazy after after they eat, which could indicate like a digestive enzyme problem or something like that. 
But if our brain relies on food, it really relies on a healthy digestive tract in order to properly absorb the nutrients that we need to get from the food we're eating. So when you think about if you have a lot of you know, gastric issues, even just a lot of burping or flatulence or having trouble going to the bathroom, all those things could indicate GI upset. There's also you know, a lot of people that drink things like alcohol that really impact your stomach lining and your intestinal lining. So all of those things have a negative impact that cause us to not absorb properly. Um, there's, there's also, not to get, you know, dive in too much, but there's a, a big push lately that I've been seeing on um, gastric bypass or things like that where you actually change the structure of your stomach and digestive tract, then you do have definite issues with absorption. So again, in order to get those nutrients that we need and primarily to break down proteins that equal the neurotransmitters, um, we need a healthy GI tract. So most of the serotonin they're finding is made in our GI tract, which doesn't surprise me because, you know, that's where we <laughs> absorb nutrients, you know, right. for distribution um, throughout throughout our body. Our our neurotransmitters are everywhere. They're not just in your brain. Um, so our GI tract is really important and often overlooked in the whole process of mood. Yeah, and you said something that I just want our listening audience to know, just in case you don't. You mentioned serotonin, which is a hormone. But let's talk a little about a little bit about the what they call the happy hormones and the serotonin. You mentioned was in the gut, but there's also dopamine and how they relate to food. Yeah, so serotonin, serotonin and dopamine, we talk a lot about. They probably have the the biggest reputation out there right now. There are definitely more neurotransmitters out there than that. But those are the two heavy hitters that we, and I think that's probably because medication is targeted towards those two. Um, yeah, so I think we have more, I don't know, even just like pop culture around those two neurotransmitters. But, you know, like serotonin starts with foods that are higher in tryptophan. So you had mentioned turkey before. <laughs> and actually, turkey doesn't have the highest amount of tryptophan. Bacon has more tryptophan than turkey. Wow. Else, right? <laughs> Most people like to hear that, yeah. <laughs> Yay, bacon, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so what happens is, you know, we eat in the animal proteins are the best, especially if you have mood-related issues. That doesn't mean that if you're vegetarian or vegan, um, you can't get those proteins. You just have to do what's called food pairing for complete protein, which is, you know, it takes a lot of research to know what you're doing um, with that. So it's not just eat vegetables. It's how do I get complete proteins in even though I'm vegetarian. So that's just kind of a side note there. So when I talk about this, I'm talking about animal protein because um, it's the most efficient. And also it helps stabilize blood sugar, which is very important when it comes to overall mood. Um, you know, when your blood sugar is low, your mood's going to be low. And eventually it'll kick in adrenaline and now you've got anxiety. So stabilizing your blood sugar throughout the day is probably one of the most important things that you can do. And the easiest thing is by using protein sources. 
So in addition to protein, you need those other uh, vitamins like your B vitamins, your vitamin C, your vitamin D, your magnesium, your omega-3 fatty acids. They're all in there and combined, they kind of help those neurotransmitter pathways chug along. So tryptophan makes serotonin and then melatonin to help you sleep and you know, 45 to 50% of the population in the U.S., adult population, says that at least three times a week they're having trouble with sleep, which is impacting their well-being. So most people are putting in like an over-the-counter sleep aid or something or just melatonin, going straight for the melatonin. I'm like, go straight for the bacon. <laughs> you know, right. let's let in the minerals, like let your body start to produce the melatonin instead of just, you know, Hopping in at the bottom of the chain, start at the top and let your body do the work it was designed to do. And I same thing with I same thing with love dope. With you. Oh yeah, you give us Thanks. a reason to eat more bacon, everybody. It's okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, our bodies are pretty cool, aren't they? They do a lot of really cool things. But I think, and this is this is my bias a little bit. I think there's a time and a place for medication, of course. But I think you know we're a quick fix society, so we kind of interrupt our body's own natural flow by putting in medication first and not really looking at what we could be doing with something simple like food and bacon. Oh, and I love it. I lo- right, you're right because I believe that our bodies are designed to heal themselves and they you know, they crave what they need and if you really really listen, I know a uh, quick story. I was pregnant with our uh, with our daughter who's now 20 years old and I am not a big meat eater, but and definitely not steak and I didn't enjoy anything like that. And I had this huge craving for steak and my husband said to me, "I bet you're pregnant." I went to the doctor and I said to him, pregnancy test was coming back negative. And he said, "You're pregnant." And he said one of the I was telling about the food cravings. He said, oh, your iron is low and your body starts to crave what it needs. And I it wanted steak. I was giving it steak. But to your point, I do believe that there are a lot of things. And I've been a pharmacist uh, for 31 years. And I do believe start with listening to the body. And yeah. then if you need to do an exogenous source of something, it's okay. It's available to you. But start with listening to the body, finding out what you could do naturally. And then you may need some short, short, short-term supplementation from something that your physician would uh, prescribe from you. But don't overlook the benefits that are right there in the grocery store. Under work with a, Would you say people should work with a nutritionist? We didn't talk about that. But is that something that would be helpful for them to work with a nutritionist? Is, is this information you're sharing today something that would be common knowledge to if someone was, were to say, let me get an appointment with a nutritionist dietitian to find out how I can use food to improve? You know, it's an interesting thing because I'm not sure how common knowledge it is for nutritionists and dietitians, I guess that would depend on the one you're picking, right? We live in such a heavy dieting weight loss culture that I think a lot of people look at nutritionists and dietitians for that purpose. Um, Not not necessarily for help me with my mental health issues. Um, We're getting to the top top of our um, next segment. And I think that I can't thank you enough for being here and sharing this information because stress and anxiety, real issues in our society. And thank you, Dr. Sells, for being here to being here with us today and sharing your perspective on how to use food to get out of your stress and anxiety. We'll be right back after the break.
We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Drayvon James, and this is Everyday Peace. We all know that change is part of life. We could not get rid of change no matter how hard we tried. But and it is still scary, isn't it? I mean, we've been we've lived through so many changes, but we still get a little scared, a little tense, even though we know that we, we must change. We don't know. We we don't want to. I'm just going to be honest. We don't want to. There is a thing that sticks in my mind. Sometimes the devil you know is better than the devil that you do not know. And so we have an expert on change. Joan Herman is here as our radio host. Uh, She's a radio host. She's a publisher. She's an author. She's a columnist, a motivational speaker on the topics of transition and self-empowerment. And she is an expert on embracing change. Joan, thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It is, oh my gosh, it is my delight. As I told you during the break, I, I, I read your story and guys are just, I was just glued to the screen when I, when I uh, read your story. Let's start um, at the very beginning because I know that there are people who are listening to the show today and who will listen to it in the future because it's going to be available who will gravitate to the strength and who will need to draw on your strength. You are a phenomenal woman and what you did and how you turned. So tell us a little bit about what your big change event was. And then we'll just kind of, we'll, we'll have a girlfriend chat over tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, we may need something a little stronger, but anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what had happened in my life? I had, um, you know, I graduated college and I was on track working, doing public relations for a Fortune 500 company. But I had been groomed to be a wife and mother. My parents are old school Italians and everything in my life was really about how I would be the perfect wife and the perfect mother. And so even though I had launched a a promising career, when I met my husband senior year in college, um, we got married a few years after we had graduated and were working. And so um, it was always in my mind that when I got pregnant with my first child, I would become a stay-at-home work-from-home mom, and that's really what I did. When I was pregnant with my first son, I left full-time employment, and I was doing some freelance work out of the house. Uh, I then had, three years later, I was pregnant with my second son, and um, what had happened at that point is that um, I stopped working completely, and um, I had just devoted myself totally to my family. And, you know, I don't regret doing that because I have two amazing sons. I I really have wonderful children. But what I do regret is what I allowed to have happened to myself. I lost uh, a sense of who I was. And so fast forward 17 years, I have two teenage children that no longer need me the way they once did. I basically recreated our marriage where I started to feel like nothing more than the hired help. And I really felt, you know, like I was a, a stupid woman. Honest, to, you know, for lack of a better descriptive word, I had lost all sense of who I was, self-esteem. And, you know, when you start to feel that way and your thoughts continually tell yourself that that's who you are, 
you start start to embody the part, which is what I did. I felt worthless, so I acted worthless, and because I acted worthless, I lived my life like I was worthless. And so I had this idea one day, uh, you know, I, I always tell people God has a sense of humor, but I had this idea one day to create a radio show, and if you knew just how ridiculous an idea this is, I was a soccer mom from a small town in New Jersey, teenage kids, who wants to create a radio show. Now, this is 11 years ago before everyone was podcasting. Nobody was doing this. And I had this idea. But for the first time in my life, I ran with this idea. And so I started moving toward developing a radio show, creating a brand called Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, because I knew I wanted to change the way I was thinking about myself. And to do that, I had to start with my thoughts, obviously, and that would then trickle down to every other area of, of my life. And so I created this brand, I launched this radio show, and I started moving in that direction. As I was doing that, I was getting resistance from my husband because I was changing the dynamics of our relationship. And so we started to have some problems, and this was in um, 2009. And so um, I, I kept moving forward with the career, but what had happened that February of 2010, in one weekend, my mother had a stroke on a Saturday, which was precipitated, I believe, by the fact that my sister was diagnosed on the Friday with a brain tumor. And we later learned that my sister's brain tumor was a metastasized lung cancer. And I'd already lost my father and brother. So th these were my remaining nuclear family members. In the next six months, I was trying to... I didn't want to give up on, on the brand because that was really fulfilling me, but I was trying to juggle work, take care of a family, take care of my mom, and my sister was battling her own, you know, she had her own fight going on, so really my mom's care fell on me. And so what happened in 2010, February, um, August 15th, my mother died. Two weeks later, my son left for college. That December, my husband moved out. And January 15th, six months to the day, my sister died. And so, you know, when I created this whole thing about change, I had no idea what I was going to be asked to embrace and endure. And so when that happened, I, I really, you talk about losing an identity, I, I, it was gone. I was no longer a wife as I knew, uh, you know, a wife, a, a mother as I knew it, a sister, a daughter. I, I was stripped of everything I knew. And so now I had to face the prospect of being a single woman, um, not knowing how I would support my family, my children and I, um, not knowing how to move forward without family to depend on. And honestly, when all of that happened, I spent a lot of time thinking about suicide, killing myself. And it wasn't that I wanted to die. I had no idea how to live. And so I kept trying to figure out this way that I could not have to move forward and just not be here. But every time I would think about that, you know, my boys would flash into my m mind because how could I do that to them when they were grieving as well? So that really was the foundation of everything that I've done for the past 11 years, all the work. Wow. I got to tell you, and I've read your story and I'm still finding myself trying to gather myself not to cry on the air. And uh, because it is so real what you're saying, and I love how the fact this is not 1960, this is in the 2000, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's for us to sit back and say, oh, you look at, you know, uh, the, the 
in the 1960s and well they didn't have that much going for them and we could see how they could get lost and and then but we're here in 2000 where you're college educated and you made the the decision to be a mom and to be a wife what what an honorable role what a huge sacrifice but a worthy sacrifice to bring forth to amazing men into this world and to mother them and care for them but something that you said just really set on my heart is that you felt like the high help mm-hmm. here, here you are this extremely intelligent woman and here you are you know a wife and a mom and in in the middle of this feeling like the hired help and feeling worthless that's one thing right you know what and just to interrupt for a moment what's so common when i go out and i speak to a lot of women's groups and you can see the women in the audience crying this is a, a, a more common story than you can imagine feeling that way. A lot of women feel that way. Oh, I know. I know it. And this, and that's why I started off by saying it's, we're not talking 1960s here, right? Because we can sort of think back in 1960s and, you know, oh, they, you know, they were just groomed for marriage. But these are women like yourself and, and many other women who made a conscious decision, highly educated women who make a conscious decision that, it's worth it. It's worth it to get on this. I call it team dynamics, right? It's worth it to be this team member who says, okay, this is, this is, we're all going to play our roles and this is the role that I'm going to play and it's going to pay off in dividends. It gets, you know, to the end of that and realize it has not, it has only paid off in heartache and despair, except for these wonderful, wonderful children. But you, then you find yourself at the end of this journey, as you mentioned, um, single, not knowing how you're going to provide for your boys. And then, of course, you know, other heartache outside of the marriage is the loss of your mom and the loss of your sister and then the transitioning of your boys, right? And right. finding yourself, I and I... There used to be a show that came on. I can't remember what it was, the name of it, but I remember seeing it was like these women that stood up like um, like cutout dolls. But you find yourself being the last cutout doll on the page, right? And you have this feeling, okay, looking around and all these people that you thought would be there at this point when you're when you're empty nesting are not there. And the major person you thought you would be there would be your spouse. And you're you're at this journey and that's heartache enough. That's heartache enough. But then to to add to that, you had to figure out how to reinvent yourself um, as no longer a daughter to a fabulous mom and no longer the you're always the daughter, but not to a living mom and not to a living sister. So and I realized you had started your brand and that was there. But where did this courage? I heard you say that you thought about suicide. That's real. That's yeah, what, real. Had, what had happened, um, you know, I, I, you get to this point and, and I and it's not like a flip the switch kind of choice. But you get to this point when you're in this dark hole, when you're in this really, really dark space where you say to yourself, I can't go on this way. You know, and what happened for me was I just realized, and I, and I held on to my boys, uh, I needed to change something, anything. And once I realized that, um, I knew that I had power over something. I could choose to heal. And then, you know, I had the greatest gift through the radio show that I had started. When I started the radio show, the premise for me was, I wanted to just be a conduit of information between people, women in particular, who were searching for answers the way I was and people who had them. 
And so all I wanted to do was come up with different life situations and connect people that had answers to things that we were all experiencing. But the irony of it all is that I ended up being the student who needed to learn the lessons the most. And so when each of these guests were sent to me, I started reading all of their books. I studied their philosophies, their teachings. And, you know, without realizing it, like I was praying for a miracle, like something come and save me. What saved me was I was given the tools to do the work myself. And it's hard work. It's, you know, but you have to make that choice first to say, I'm not going to keep going in this one direction. I'm going to change and I'm going to figure out how I will heal. And so that's the first place to just say, like, I'm going to figure this out without even having an answer. And then you start to figure it out and you start to learn things. And that's what happened with me. I had all of these amazing leaders, people that are writing the books and and really making a, a, a powerful impact on the world, they were teaching me and guiding me. And I studied their words and I incorporated it into my life. And I started to implement a gratitude practice and I became extremely mindful of my thoughts. And, you know, I had to change them. I had a lot to, to rewrite. I mean, when I started this brand, my husband told me I was making a fool of myself and people were laughing at me. Because I was a middle-aged woman. I mean, think about this for a moment. One of your 40-something-year-old friends calls you up 10 years ago and says, I'm going to start a radio show. You know, you, you're a pharmacist. You might say, well, let me get some medication to help you through this. You know, but <laughs> that's what it was. And so, you know, it was crazy. But yeah. it ended up saving me. Do, yeah. You know, I did the work. And I want to say something that I hear so clearly, and I say this, and our everyday peacemakers who are regular listeners know that this is something that we stand on. I hear very clearly that, in, in, and you said it, and I will see if I can paraphrase it, you wanted to be the conduit to connect women who had questions with people who had answers. There was a heart of service in your own pain, in your own pain, first of all, first and foremost, you went and did something that felt good to you. Right. People, it is in the feeling. If you are from a place that makes you feel less than, that is not the answer. You've got to find that place that makes you feel like I hear as you're talking, you know, this is the thing that you kept doing, even though your mom was diagnosed, even though your sister was diagnosed, even though your husband was, you know, your marriage was falling apart, even though your your last baby was leaving the house, this was your baby. And you were holding on to this dream that you had of this podcast, this radio program. This was something that made you feel good, even in your dark moments. Here it is. And listen to me, even though you were having this, your life from all outside looking in, look like it was falling apart. Right. You had this tiny little patch of grass and you were going to keep on sowing it and keep on doing this. And from there, you were wishing to serve other people. So there's two universal laws that I see there. You found something that made you feel something good, right? It won't say that it replaced the bad that you were feeling, but it made you feel something good. And two, you found a way to give even from the, from the little good that you were getting. You found a way to give. And when you found a way to give, the universe heard and saw and start letting that giving that you were giving to others boomerang back and right. start giving to you. 
my goodness, I'm just doing like the happy dance right here. So, and, and, and I don't I don't want to miss any of this story. But before and, I, and I'm going to jump around just a little bit, because I know that there are people out there, men and women who are hearing this right now today. And I'm at a place of my point in my life where the change is coming faster then I can handle it. And certainly we just heard your story. It was rolling in really, really quick. It's coming faster than I can handle it. And it all feels bad. And the work that you do, how can people connect and become a part of and benefit from the work that you do? How can they, how, how can they connect with your organization? Absolutely. So the brand is called Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. And the website is the first letter of each word. So it's C-Y-A-C-Y-L.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, CYACYL.com. The, the site is a hub of resources. So we have the radio show and podcast is archived there. There's a blog. I publish a digital magazine 24-7. We're reaching tens of thousands of people. I mean, our, our August issue surpassed 5 million views. That's, um, you know, how many people are out there hungry for this information. We, I have a team of strategists on our site that give tips and information from all areas of your life. So, um, And we have an active social media um, um, platform. So Facebook, it's Facebook.com, Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. So again, CYACYL.com, I invite you to check out the site. Um, we're also going to be launching uh, different summits and virtual events. So please follow us. Sign up for our mailing list. We have a lot going on that can really help you. Oh, thank you so much for that. And I want to say one other thing that I didn't mention. So I got those two tips from you. And then as you were talking, you said this, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it is one of my strong beliefs. We teach that which we so desperately need to learn, right? So as you're searching for what is it that would make you happy, look at what it is that you need to learn. And you were looking for how to deal with these, how to how to deal with this change, unwanted change that had happened in your life, all except for your son growing up, because every parent wants their child to grow up. We know that. We want them to be healthy. And we, we look forward to that day, although it makes us sad, but all of the other changes were unwanted. And you were there learning, now teaching, now reaching out and helping people you were teaching the thing that you needed to learn most out of life, how to embrace this change, how to stand in this moment, how to pull out power and victory in this moment that looked like nothing but defeat. So what would you say to a woman or man? And I know we've, our focus, we're talking about um, feeling like the help. And I think that's probably something that not only women feel, but I guess some men do, but we know that it is common, as you said, if you put a lot of women in a room, a lot of them will have that feeling that I, I now no longer feel like the blushing bride. I feel like the hired help. And um, what would you say? How, what are, are there some tips and tricks that we can use? And I know our, we don't have a lot of time left, but are there some tips and tricks that pe- women could, could make part of their life? I know we mentioned gratitude, but is there anything else that we could make part of our everyday experience to help us through this point in life? Yeah, you know, you said a few times that... Um, we fear change. And, you know, the one thing, the one constant in life is change. It's inevitable, and it's going to happen in one form or another. So the first thing you have to recognize is that it is going to happen, whether you like it or not. So it's what you do with it from that point that will make a difference moving forward. So what helped me the most, I mentioned gratitude. Um, what I, I recommend, because I was so lost in this supposed to be, how things were supposed to be in my life, 
that's where I was stuck. And, uh, you know, when you lament on all of your expectations, so with a gratitude practice, it helped me because I was able to then get out of the past and what I thought the way things were supposed to turn out in my life by focusing on what I had and the blessings I was able to see things that I was missing. So what I did every night before I went to bed, I had a journal next to my bed. I wrote down five things for which I was grateful for. And you think you're going to have a hard time doing that, but once you start, you'll find you'll just keep rolling because there's so much to be grateful for, and that starts to shift your perspective about things. So number one, I would say accept that fear is going to happen. Um, release your expectations. Number two, practice uh, a gratitude gratitude. That's really important, but most important, uh, and this is what all of my work is about, you have to change your attitude. You have to change the way you view things. You have to catch your thoughts, and you need to change them because we have about, you know, we have tens of thousands of thoughts every day, and about, um, I think it's like 90% of them are the same thoughts we had the day before, and 80% of them are negative. So if you think about that, we're having the same thoughts day in and day out, most of which are negative. We're slanted to think negatively. It's, it's for our survival. You know, our ancestors needed to see the negatives in life so that they could survive. Um, so we don't need to do that quite so much. And so it's very important for us to really understand our thought process. And when you catch yourself having all of those negative thoughts, the I can't do this, I'll never be able to, I'm not worthy, you know, whatever your story is, you need to catch that and rewrite your story. And that was really, those were the, the few things that I was able to do, little by little, baby steps. It's not overnight. You'll take three steps forward, four steps back, but just keep going. And I promise you, you can turn it around. When, when I think about if I had taken my life all those years ago, I never would have achieved anything that I have done. And look how life can turn around for you. So just hang on. Hang on to whatever you have to hang on to get to another day because then you'll have another day and another day. And look how my life has turned around. So that can happen to anyone. Oh, Joan, you are just, you are, you are a joy and a comfort right now. One day at a time and practicing okay. these things. And, and I know you got a tight schedule today. I'm so excited that you came and shared part of your day with us. I want to thank you for appearing with us today and just I can't say thank you enough. You're just an amazing, amazing uh, example of what we can do if we choose to take time and stand in this place of awareness. So we're going to continue with our discussion now. We're going to say goodbye to Joan because she's going to pop on to her event and we'll uh, we'll have to have you back. There's so much. I more. would love we just, that. We just, <laughs> we just touched the top of that. The tip of the iceberg, as they say. So we're going to continue here. And I want to just uh, expound a little bit on what Joan was talking about as an everyday peacemaker is this um, the attitude of this self-talk and being in this place of and, and she said it so well, you know, 80 percent of our thoughts are just repeats. Really, we don't have a lot of original thoughts. We do not have a lot of original thoughts. Our thoughts run on a wheel. We have the same thought packaged differently. Now, that um, may seem so un uninspiring, but it is so encouraging because once you start pay paying attention to your thought, now you can really, really say, oh, my goodness, you thought the same thing around this time yesterday. It was just about something else, but it was the same defeatist thought. And you can sort of become, become the watcher, not sort of, actually, you become the watcher of that thought. And guess what? Once you start noticing the thought, 
you don't really have to do that much more. You can work a lot harder. You know, there are a lot of techniques about how to self-talk. I will encourage you, if you can become the watcher of the thought, just pay attention to your thoughts. Ask yourself, what am I thinking about now? When you do that, the thought goes away just right there because it doesn't want these kind of thoughts, these kind of dark thoughts. They don't. And that sounds so crazy. But trust me, when I they do not like the light of awareness to shine on them. These are primitive, dark thoughts, a way of the brain believing that it is protecting us. Right? It's very, very primitive. It's not advanced thinking. You are living, you are an advanced individual. Just by asking yourself, what are we thinking about haunts the thought? Amazing. So I encourage you really get in the habit of paying attention to those repetitive thoughts, challenging them just by asking, what are we thinking and why are we thinking that? How is that beneficial to us? Right. And you become the watcher of your responses and start responding in a more positive way. We don't need those same primitive thoughts anymore. Right. Change is going to happen. Change. We can either get ahead of change and be ready and accept that change is going to happen or we get plowed over by change. It's still happening. We can stand there kicking and screaming and trying to resist it. It is still happening. We are everyday peacemakers. We're living in the year of 2021 where our, where our theme is what are we waiting for? And our answer is nothing. We're not waiting for anything. We're not even waiting for permission to change our thoughts, to change our attitude. We're taking the bull by the horn, as they say, and we're standing up in our big, in our big self and we're saying it starts today. Today I decide that I master my thoughts. My thoughts don't master me. I pay attention how how certain thoughts cause me to feel. And if I don't like that feeling, I start watching that thought and shining the light of awareness just with gentle, calm questioning, shining the light of awareness on that thought until it dissipates. It just moves along like a cloud in the sky and another thought rolls in. And if you like the way that thought feels, it feels good in your body, you feel energetic, you stick with that one. We can do this. Change is an inside job. We had two phenomenal guests here today. I absolutely love you all. And I look forward to spending time with you on our next visit at Everyday Peace. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.